Welcome. You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I'm here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got a big week ahead. Full moon, vernal equinox, the beginning of Aries season, which is the astrological new year. And I'm bringing in a little special gift for today and I'm super excited. So let's break it down. excited about this week. This is some of my favorite time of the year because the equinox is the changing in the Northern hemisphere. It's the changing of the season from winter into spring. And on top of that, right before that happens, we have a full moon. So the energy is peaking and it's pretty cool too, because we started the new, we started the podcast on the new moon in Pisces and here we are with a full moon. So we're half halfway through a lunar phase, a lunar cycle. And uh, we got the full moon coming up in Virgo, 27 degrees. That's happening on Friday, the 18th at, uh, like I said, 28, 27 degrees at 118 in the morning. That's mountain standard time. So some of you might even be experiencing the full moon on Thursday the 17th. It just depends on where you are on the planet. (laughs) So anyways, over here up in the Rocky Mountains, we've got the full moon peaking at 118. So by the time we wake up on Friday morning, that moon will have already peaked. So I always tell everyone, you know, that's kind of cool. It's like you want to get specific with it if you're playing with this. And so the moon rise on Thursday evening is basically, that's the full moon rising in Virgo. And as I record this, the moon has entered into Virgo. So I want to break down a little bit about the lunar phase of the full moon. New moons are super potent. And like I said, the full moon is the halfway through that cycle. And so I love it. We've talked about how a new moon is the beginning of a cycle and the full moon being that halfway through the cycle really is this illuminated the energy is peaking right now so it's fully illuminated fully peaking we've been waxing towards this full with the right side of the moon illuminated and as of thursday evening when you watch it rise you'll be seeing a full moon so what that means exactly is that the moon and the sun are on opposite sides of the earth And I really dig this. So we talked about with a new moon, when the moon is dark, the sun and the moon are on the same side of the earth. When when it's a full moon, the moon and the sun are on opposite sides of the earth. And so it's really interesting because we have this polarity energy. We have this dualistic energy of the sun being very generative and energizing and charged to the full moon, which is definitely energized and charged, but in a different way, it's a little bit more subtle. And those of you that live near the water, near the ocean, you've probably been experiencing like this is when the tides get full. So you can feel everything really 
waxing and peaking to this high, high, uh, full illumination. And I just feel like that energy. So like what we talk about or what I've been practicing is this idea that if you start an, if you initiate something in the new moon and you set a prayer or an intention and a focus full moon, you should have some really clear ideas around because it's fully illuminated. You should have some clear ideas as far as like what's been happening, how far you've come and how, how you're going to close out the cycle. It's a, it's a really beautiful. So as of the full moon, as the full moon peaks, we get this peak of the, of that waxing energy. And then as that moon peaks, then the energy starts to wane and you'll actually watch the, the shores, the tides pull back. You'll, you can feel the energy receding. The moon gets darker and the, on the right side, so that the left side becomes the illuminated side. Now that all happens after the full moon. Um, and like I always say, it's one of the best practices you can do is to just look up and really observe not only like what you're seeing in the sky, but also what you're feeling. You tune in and cause everyone's got their, there's, there's obviously some ground floor interpretations, but the way that I really like to share this information is that I feel like it's really important for all of us to develop our own relationship and our own connection to these patterns, to these rhythmic cycles. And in fact, one of my astrology teachers who I've studied with, through his books and videos, is, his name is Jeffrey Wolf Green, and he talks a lot about basically allowing, he, he actually describes the art of astrology as being a practice in observation and correlation. So it's really about tuning in, making your own observations, and then you make your connections. You make correlations. You correlate between your experiences and between your own, your own practice, really. Um, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I've, I've really... I really enjoyed it, but I always go back to like, the moon is the foundation, you know, that's the living in rhythm piece. So as you tune in, you know, thank you for tuning in for these last few weeks, as we get deeper, I'm just going to constantly be talking about this rhythmic nature because not only do we have that opposition of the sun and the moon, but when we put the astrological filter on top of that, then we get this next layer of understanding as far as like, okay, there's 12 to 13 full moons every year, but this one happens at the end of winter. So we've talked so much about the Pisces energy and that new moon that we started the podcast on was on the Pisces new moon. Now the opposite sign in the Zodiac, just like the oppositional energy of the sun and the moon, the opposite sign in the Zodiac is Virgo. So we have this polarity between the Virgo and Pisces energies and the Virgo energy is very much about critical thinking in a good way, discernment, curation, and it's really a healing. It's a really healing, critical thinking, discerning energy. I love a Virgo energy. I've got so much Virgo in my life. I've grown up with Virgos <laughs> in my life. Um, as far as, you know, all layers in relationships with Virgo. And uh, it's very fascinating because that idea, again, Virgo has this opposite quality in a way of 
than Pisces does. The Pisces is really expansive and liberating. It's like no boundaries. We've talked about it being this limitless energy, also maybe delusional or del, you know disillusioned. And then you have the Virgo quality, which is really a honing in and art of, of actually being a discerning, like really thinking things through and getting critical minded about it gathering the information it's actually ruled by mercury so it has a lot of this gathering information and and communicating and tuning in if you think about it so i another way to think about these polarities in this in the the zodiac also with the sun and the moon but we can think about it as far as seasons so the end of winter is the pisces season pisces energies And then the end of summer is the Virgo energy. So I always just kind of go back to like in the, in a four season cycle on the planet, you would be seeing in the Virgo time, Virgo season is the end of summer where there's a lot of harvesting and gathering and organizing and really like getting that final push from summer in order to prepare for the fall or the autumnal equinox. So right now we're in preparation. We have this full moon illumination in Virgo, giving us light, giving us discernment, healing qualities to take what we've learned in this winter season where we've shed, where we've let things go, where we've let things decompose and read and go dormant in the soil, in the frozen ground and waters to then bring spring forth life. It's like on that cusp right now, springing forth into life. And so Gosh, what a beautiful time to like know that winter is, you know, in Colorado, it's about to snow a lot, which is always awesome. But the idea that it's actually springtime in the Rockies is, you know, we still have a little bit, a couple more months before we start to see blooms. But in other parts of the world, this is where life really starts to return, you know? And so that is the Aries quality. And I want to talk, we'll get to the Aries quality in a little bit more. That's the beginning of the spring, the equinox cycle. But I want to talk a little bit more for some of you that are all, all, like have been practicing astrology for a while are going to, I just want to like run through some of these astrological transits that are happening right now, which I usually do. But I just want you to know too, that as you're, as you're hearing some of this stuff, it takes a little bit of time. This is a lifelong practice, this observation and correlation, the study of astrology and the rhythmic cycles of time and space, let alone how and who and where we are in it, you know, as we talked about last week. So uh, the but for so just know that that as you get more practice with it, you're gonna start to feel a sense of. Well, you're going to start to catch it a little bit more. So you, so part of it is letting yourself feel into the cycles. And I very intentionally started the, the podcast in the Pisces season, specifically because Pisces is like the end of a cycle. And then that beginning of the cycle, starting at the equinox, you know, and into the Aries season, I mean, it's a full end of a year, so to speak, that's coming up. And I just, I, I love that completing the Zodiac. We just are going through the end of the Zodiac, the end of winter in the Northern hemisphere. And we're preparing to move into the brand new cycle. And I just feel like what a, this is a really, really cool way to study astrology. If you ask me, I 
we, I, a uh, shout out to the cosmic sync class that I taught during 2020 and into 2021. I basically, we started in Aries and we ended in Pisces and it was a wonderful experience. I've seen so much growth in those people that are studying it and have been really living it, living in rhythm with it. Um, so I just encourage you to be patient with yourself because this is like a, a whole new language that we're really starting to tune into. It's an, of natural time, of natural cycles, and really just tuning into the sun, the moon, the earth, and yourself. Okay, so you let it roll, baby. Okay, so this full moon, like I said, the sun is going to be in Pisces and the moon is in Virgo. We also have some other things happening with that Pisces energy. So we talked about it last week that Pisces is, if you could see it in the sky, Pisces, or the sun is with Neptune, Jupiter, and Mercury. And we talked about that. The I didn't add on the Mercury as much, but it, it, the Mercury idea around the Mercury basically, like I was saying earlier, brings on this messenger quality. It's the expression, it's the communication, it's the listening, it's higher thinking, it's like thought processing. Um, it, it's the planetary ruler of Gemini and Virgo. So kind of cool that the, or maybe different, it's Virgo is the rule, you know, is one of the signs that Mercury's at home in. And so the fact that it's at, it's in right now with this opposite, with this full moon, Mercury being in the opposite sign of its house, of its home is a little bit, it's like on the other side of the planet a little bit. So it's traveling and, you know, it's at the distant relative's house. And so that Mercury has a different quality when it's in the Pisces. It's got this sense of really higher consciousness communication, tuning in, really, really tuning in and sensing. It's almost beyond words, that kind of commun- the Pisces, um, Mercury essence of the communication. So you got that on top of that Jupiter, was, which is expanding and magnifying everything. And then that Neptune is bringing in the visionary energy and the dreaming energy with the sun that's lighting it all up, giving it charge, giving it some solar power to actually move, to go forward, so to speak. And so we have all those qualities in the Piscean element, which is, again, it's more of a, for me, the understanding of the Pisces is this like, I always think of it as a super consciousness to this place where it's that, it's that moment. And if you can look at it in the, in an astrological chart, it's the 12th house. It reminds me of the conception time period or where the dreams are seeded and the visions and the ideas are being planted, but in the third, not in the third dimension yet. It's in this etheric spiritual place. So all the prayers of winter, all of the things that we've been like working towards, they're going to get some life force through coming through. We'll talk about it. So it's really potent to, I, I think it's potent that there's, that the full moon is happening just before this transition at that late degree, 27 degrees is the end of the cycle. And so we were really, really, truly are ending something and beginning again. And so I always encourage, it's like that last, let's just like clean it up. It's that 
We're preparing to start to have energy. So this is where you can start to clean up your mind, clean up your spirit and start to put those intentions into like now that the moon is illuminated, all the prayers I've been bringing forth, how can I, which ones am I going to really put energy into as I start to grow my garden into this new, this new season that we're about to hit. And so it's, it's potent. I I will say that. And then I also, I just want to say too, that if, you know, with all of that, you know, the conjunctions of sun, Neptune, Jupiter, Mercury, and Pisces, and then making that opposition to the moon and Virgo, we also have this Virgo, or I'm sorry, the Scorpio, where the South Node is right now, is going to be trining Neptune. And what I feel like, so I've, you know, we'll get, we'll get really deep with the, with the nodes, especially as the eclipse season kicks in. Um, however, um, the, the, the main thing about the South and the North node, it really reminds me of a compass. It's, they point to the direction that we're going, where the energy is truly going and, or where, what we have to leave behind. So the North node is the direction that we're headed. The South node is where we've been and what we're leaving behind if we work the living in rhythm transits. So it's having that, that South node is in Scorpio, which is really showing us like, is there anything we can, that we can let go of or surrender to that will allow us to dream bigger, to actually like visualize and start to conceptualize the world, the way we want to see it. I feel like that's what we've really been doing in these, in this last, especially these last few months, this winter, but it's been, it's been since 2020, really, that we're, we've, I feel like humanity is looking at the, like, we've all been through something. And so as a collective, and we're really looking to see what can we, how do we want to move forward from where we are? And that South Node in Scorpio is asking us about the, the power, where's the power and the energy and how can we maximize our own internal power without without like, uh, like the, the Scorpio energy can hide a lot. There's a lot of like suppression, but it's also like a decom decomposition. And so there's like a dissolving effect in the Scorpio South node that I feel like if we can really like get, let, let whatever our experiences are that we're ready to let go of almost become like our, our fertilizer, <laughs> for this new year, like that's what you want to do, you know, is like maximize that late fall energy that's like the or the middle fall energy which is really like just the the leaves are not only falling from the trees but they're turning into skeletons of themselves like everything starts to sink into the earth in fact like I was actually hiking around the other day I was walking around in the yard and the earth is so different after the fall when there's been packed snow and packed water and just like there's fungus and there's like mushrooms and all the stuff that's like decomposing and like working to to actually enrich the earth again from everything that that died basically um and so yeah south node trining your dreams baby (laughs) that's what i'm gonna say work it out you know see again observation and correlation it's just about you making your connection and your personal relationship with some of these these patterns, these rhythms, and these archetypes. Okay. Um, I also just want to say one more thing, like the polarity thing is really interesting. The sun opposite the moon, Pisces 
opposite Virgo. The polarity in Pilates, we talk so much about it. As, um, I relate it to the spring in my Pilates and movement and embodiment practice. It's in the yoga as well, as far as the values and the directions of energy. And so what happens is, is if you've ever been on a Pilates piece of equipment there, that's like my favorite way to talk about it. But there is a coiled spring, which Kundal, Kundalini is actually a coiled spring at the base of the spine, so to speak. The coiled spring has potential energy. And the idea is to create a little oppositional energy where they're pulling apart from one another a little bit to find balance. It's really beautiful. And so in the astrology, I love thinking about that oppositional energy is really about balancing. We feel that yin yang, the positive, the negative, the masculine, the feminine, the dark and the light and the yin and the yang. And the, you know, I mean, it's just like this balancing act of the opposites. And so I like to make phrases up. I'm always making phrases. I'm a musician and I like poetry. And so I love talking about the axis, the center of gravity between the polarity. And one of my phrases for my phrase basically for the polarity of Virgo and Pisces is Pisces represents the consciousness and Virgo represents the healing. And so it's the axis of consciousness and healing. Mm -hmm. So really great time to, with this full moon, to start to balance out your energy between consciousness and healing, coming into that polarity and really, really distributing the energy between both fields. And I would just say this, like in general, like this is something that um, another Jeffrey Wolf Green, I'm always like repping my teachers because you got to give props, you know, to where the information comes from. And then you have your own experience with it. So the, Jeffrey Wolf Green talks a lot about the polarity point. And that anytime you've got a lot of energy, and so we talk about this in embodiment all the time. If you've got a lot of energy going in one direction, in one place. So like if you're in my class with me and you're feeling your right side super heavy or super overactive, you don't focus on that spot. You actually want to pull into the oppositional direction to create balance. So you kind of pull back and into the diagonal or the oppositional space and that creates balance. And so if you even see it in a chart, if there's a lot of energy or if there's Jeffrey Wolf Green talks a lot about it in relationship to Pluto, which we will get to eventually. But the idea of um, if there's a lot of energy in one part of the chart, then you want to focus on that opposite, that pole. So a full moon really gives us that sense of what it's like to feel that oppositional energy. It's a perfect time to just tune into it. The sun and the moon are on opposite sides of the earth. So it's a really unique moment. And then it fades and we go towards the new moon again and have a whole new experience in other signs with other archetypes, other seasons, <laughs> you know, and potentially other times and places. So that's the, that's the, the my full moon shtick. And um, <laughs> I, I'll, I, it's, it's really cool because, you know, we could talk about a full moon in Virgo However, every they're, they're not all the same because the last year when we had the full moon in Virgo, it was a different degree. This one's at 27 degrees. So you can also look and see if you have anything at 27 degrees, particularly in Virgo and Pisces, 
this is going to hit you a little bit more than others. If you happen to be a Virgo moon, this is your full moon. So I like to celebrate these things. Tune in. And if you know what your patterns are, if you know what your chart is, then you can start to ride these rhythms a little bit more efficiently also. Um, I, I just wanted to share. So like I said a few moments ago, I am a musician. I've made music for year, actually my whole life. Song, singing, dancing, looking at the moon, looking at the sky, watching the seasons, <laughs> tuning into nature. One of my favorite uh, snacks as a child was dirt. Um, <laughs> no, I really do love earth and nature. It's it's one of my one of the things I've used to really help me stay connected and grounded in this life. And uh, so, music is definitely one of those pieces of my of what I what I love to bring through. And um, I decided I, I have a lot of music that's actually unreleased that I've recorded with mostly brothers, actually lots of, you know, soul brothers in my life in the music realm. And I wanted to play a song for you that I wrote in actually 2001. I think I, or no, I wrote it in 2000 um, when I lived in Hawaii. I used to live on the big island and it was beautiful. When I lived there, there was such a culture around people. We were growing food and really living grassroots style on the island, of course. How could you not? And we definitely would gather and make music and uh, come together and eat food and make music and hang out at the ocean on full moons, particularly. Super fun. We, I do that the same. I do similar things here in the mountains, but uh, the these Hawaiian days were really, really potent and some of my best memories. So aloha, big eye crew. But I wrote this song. It's called Full Moon in 2000. And it's just, a, it was kind of inspired by just some of those full moon gatherings that I used to go to with my friends and make music at. And I what's really special is, is I recorded it on some music that was produced by a dear friend of mine, Bill Went, DJ Prophecy, who actually transitioned. He's in heaven now. And uh, he's with me all the time, though. I love him. And he's got uh, some really amazing beats. I mean, this brother makes the make the best music. And so I'm blessed to be able to have um, produced he I actually sang on this this music that he produced. So he actually created that he composed the music and he produced this recording that I'd like to share with you right now. So I hope you enjoy. It's unreleased. And uh, yeah, it's by me, Sister Sunday and DJ Prophecy. Enjoy. On the moon, everything is clear. Love, 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 love
listening everyone so equinox equinox Ooh, i love the equinox okay you'll hear me say i love a lot of stuff because honestly i do and the the seasons are one of my favorite ways to study this stuff i mean the seasons especially because i live in colorado born and raised and spent most of my life here besides some stints in new mexico and hawaii I've spent most of my life in places that actually have changing seasons and they're one of my favorite place. my favorite times of year are the spring and autumn equinox. Now the word equinox is so beautiful. I always just say it's equinox is equal day and equal night, obviously depending on where you are on earth, this always changes. So you know, it's, it's pretty profound if you start to move about, like some people in Alaska have a completely different relationship to spring than, than the people in Antarctica or down in, down in Australia. Okay. So it just really does depend on where you are on the planet. However, equinox represents this moment in time and space where the earth's tilt, the angle of the earth, it, it shifts, it tilts away from the sun and toward the sun, away from the sun and toward the sun. So when it's put tilted away from the sun, it's like a winter time. And as it tilts toward the sun, it becomes a summertime season. And so it depends on, again, where you are on the planet. However, that equinox is a beautiful moment where the equator, the center zero point around the circumference of the earth, that, that equator line is basically centered, angled at the sun, centered, Equal day, equal night, yin, yang. Polarity, baby. I mean, it just makes me smile, okay? I am smiling right now in all ways. So this balancing between daylight and evening, this is the point where we actually start to see the light in the in the spring, if it's a vernal equinox, which it is in the Northern Hemisphere, we are feeling the light coming back. 
the days are getting longer. And as we come towards summer, we'll have the longest day, you know? So this is the point where we're halfway between winter and halfway between summer. Winter was the longest night. Summer's the longest day. Spring equinox is the middle place of that between winter and summer. So that's the deep stuff. Again, observation correlation, the more you tune into it. So this is a really beautiful time also because the spring equinox in the Northern hemisphere represents the sun going into the sign of Aries. So we're finishing up and after this full moon, we'll have one more day of the sun in Pisces and then it will transition into Aries. And that happens at 9.48 a.m. Mountain Time. I'm always dropping Mountain Time on Sunday, 3.20. So 3.20.22, sun goes into Aries, and we officially enter phase one of the spring season. And like I was talking about last week, every season, every phase, everything, turn, turn, you know, there's a season. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's the phasing. And so the spring equinox represents the beginning, or Aries represents the beginning phase of spring. And so what that means is there's like the beginning energy. There's the, it is the initiating essence, you know? And so that alone is potent. We have an we have a beginning of every season, but the beginning of spring actually represents the beginning of an astrological new year. That's the way that it's spoken about. And so we've actually, Pisces is the 12th sign of the Zodiac and Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac, represents the first house. And so like I was saying earlier, that Piscean energy is this dream state, this conceptualizing, idealizing, visualizing and really dreamscaping things. And then you have that airy quality, which is the spark of life. It reminds me of it actual, like, like lighting the fire, sparking the flame. And so we go from this watery element, this dreamy watery element to then fire. Aries represents fire. Its ruling planet is Mars, which looks like a masculine symbol in itself. It's got the arrow pointing forwards. It is a like full speed ahead kind of vibe. And if you know Aries, any Aries people in your life, <laughs> yeah, that's the quality. And Aries is ruled by the by the head. And so I always say like Aries people jump into life or into day, into their day-to-day head first. I mean, they are going head first into things with the spark of life because there's this instinctual quality to live, to thrive, to survive. And it has the, it's coming if, you know, when we work the cycle and the season, it's coming from a place from that Pisces where we've actually kind of taken the dreams and the, and the prayers and the consciousness that we've been building into this spark of life. So there's no hesitation. It's just an engaging because I'm coming from this place of the Pisces consciousness. And after that full moon, the consciousness and healing, right? That polarity. So Pisces, so that Aries energy, see if tune in and see, depending on what time and day and when you're listening to this episode, it could be before or after, but 
I love to tune in and just notice like you might feel that shift. Obviously, most of us will feel it with with the light coming back. It's as simple as that. And then there's all these other layers of like feeling that Aries energy, that Mars energy. The first house is also this, this, the beginning of the cycle is all about initiating and like acknowledging the presence, so to speak, which we talked about last week. And I have this little phrase, me and my phrases, I have this little phrase for Aries that I say, the Aries energy is unapologetically me. An Aries person is going to be, they're going to be, they have a lot of willpower. They have a lot of drive. Now the focus thing is an interesting thing that could, some people have really great focus. It doesn't matter who you are, but an Aries quality, it's more instinctual. That's a, it's coming from a instinct and an, and like a will to live, a will to survive and thrive. So powerful to start a new year with that, that, uh, head first energy. So again, there's a sense of like really trusting also that we've built up into it. Um, so the other thing I wanted to say about Aries energy and the equinox, the vernal equinox, particularly is that the Aries energy has this the in this initiating of the equinox has this energy again of the like almost like the surfacing up of it's the coming out of it's the release of what's been being dreamed and so it's like you can just even see it in I, I one of my favorite visuals is really seeing like grass coming up or getting greener out of snow if you're in an, in some kind of a environment where you can see that or people like the tulip season, right? Like this is a little bit more Taurus, but we start to see the buds. We start to see, you know, they're not blooming just yet, but life is showing it's life. Life is showing and returning. And uh, I feel like, again, without balancing these energies, we like the night and the day, we have more time and in space in this place where we can actually start to come into that practice of really trusting and and just letting ourselves feel like letting ourselves fulfill what we've been working on all winter you know so there's more light there's more energy there's more drive there's more willpower so to speak this is when you when you want to get out and and get more done because the weather's better and the sun shines out and the energies it's themselves are actually supporting that, you know, which is why I always encourage everybody also in the middle of winter, if you feel like you need to rest, you should rest. But the quality that I've noticed in my own observation and correlation is that in us, in the season of the equinox, I feel both equinoxes, whether they're spring or fall, they have different qualities because they're polarities. However, there's an essence in where they meet in the middle where it's like, I'm getting things done. This is the time when the energy's here. So you, you want to ride these waves is, but this is what I tell myself. It's like, ride the wave, catch it, you know, and some people will ride it and some people want to duck under or jump over. And that's cool too. It's about being present with it and saying, yeah, I've got this energy right now. I'm ready to go. You might feel like you're riding the wave already and you're just going to continue 
Either way, see if you can feel that surge and let it fill you up. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Just let it fill you a little bit. It's like this, the sun comes back. We get a little bit more charged. And um, that's one of my favorite times of equinox. So uh, yeah, I, I hope that you've had fun during this session today. This idea around polarity and rhythm, just getting more into a groove. Like I was saying, the Aries, this is a really beautiful time to just begin. I very much intentionally set this, this up so that if you're becoming a regular listener, if you're tuning in on a regular basis with me and sometimes Deeds when she joins, there's a there's an opportunity to really start to like catch the rhythmic, the living in rhythm foundation, just like at the beginning, you know, like we're starting, we're starting. And so this is a really beautiful time. Just kind of, again, start your init, your observations and, and you can start, the more you observe, the more you'll be able to make those relationships, those connections between what you're feeling, what you're experiencing and how you're really tuning into it, you know? So it, it is about us learning to sense and, and observe and feel, really start to feel what what life is asking of us and like we talked about last week the more present and centered we are the easier that is and so it's a lifelong practice and it's a one breath one thought one step one day at a time you know so I am so grateful that you're listening that you're taking some time to tune in I uh, am having so much fun with this and I know Deeds is as well. So I just want to, again, inspire you to to make your own connections. And if you want to reach out, you can check in with me. You can send some messages or engage a little bit with me on Instagram, Living in Rhythm. And it's on the website. Also, uh, if you're looking to, if you want to get a little bit deeper and get some more personal work, we can definitely work on some, do some readings. So you can check the website for that. And uh, yeah, this is inspiring. So I hope you're having fun. I'm so grateful for you. Happy full moon. Happy equinox. And uh, yeah, equal day, equal night. Polarity and rhythm. Sending y'all so much love. Thanks for listening. Peace.